everyone, and welcome into a special edition of What the Schmidt, because it's pretty much going to be a What the Schmidt Talking Schmidt crossover episode here, as today is uh, one of the biggest days in all of sports, probably the biggest day in all of sports, as it is Super Bowl Sunday. I'm joined in this broadcast today by the one and only Jordan McGuffey, and of course, uh, my brother Cody Schmidt, so we have two guests on. Jordan, how are you, man? I'm great, man. I'm great. Uh, ready to see what happens tonight. To be honest, it's gonna be a, this is gonna be a massive, massive game. Cody, how you feeling today, man? I'm I'm here. I'm alive. Glad to be here. That's that's a that's a good start. Um, so uh, we'll we'll jump into. I have some questions, things like that, that'll kind of bounce back and forth between kind of the the thing of. How we do Talking Schmidt, which is mainly a sports talk show, and then how we do What the Schmidt, which is just kind of off-the-wall things. Uh, first thing, I guess we can kind of start off with here, Guff, uh, what, is, uh, what are your plans for the, uh, the Super Bowl today? What is, what is your plans to – where are you watching it? What are you, uh, what are you trying to snack on? What's the food? What's the go-to choice for that? Man, I think what I'm going to do after, after, you know, after the show, I'm going to go grab some lunch, get a nice uh, – Solid luncheon because you know Super Bowl Sunday is synonymous with probably the best snack foods of the year. Um, honestly, where we're going is a friend's house warming slash Super Bowl party, so that's kind of where we're gonna roll out of here probably about three four o'clock. Head over there for the game at five thirty. Uh, what I'm looking forward to most, to be quite honest, is a solid queso slash rotel dip and the little smoky pigs in a blanket, so I can top the smokies with the rotel. That's gonna be my go-to. If it's there, it's over. If it's not, I'm leaving, coming home. Cody, do you have any go-to uh, snack foods that you like on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, certainly solid choices from my esteemed colleague Jordan McGuffey down there. I mean, pigs in the blanket, Rotel dip. I mean, these are all those are staples of Super Bowl Sunday. I unfortunately am very keto, so I'll probably bake some salmon and eat some uh, California medley mixed vegetables. That sounds that sounds delicious. Hundred percent Super Bowl food, delicious. Power food. I might I might get a little wild there. Even when slice up my third avocado of the day. Bro, well, that's crazy. Oh, get the power watching food, Tom Brady. Okay. Have to get on that TB12 mentality. Yeah. So uh, uh, this is like the first Sunday for me. Is right. normally I'm on. Ethan, what about you? Uh, I mean, normally I'm on television, or so we're you know getting ready for a Monday, but I can kind of sleep in after watching a long Super Bowl. So uh, this is the first Super Bowl where I, I don't even know if I'm going to fully be able to like stay awake for it because we have to be up early tomorrow to work. But um, not doing anything really special. We're just going to kind of stay home and watch it, uh, not because of anything like crazy or anything like that. Just figured we'd stay at home and watch it. Um, I'm a I'm a big queso dip guy. We're actually a uh, Callie and I were talking today about going out and grabbing some more dip and chips, make sure that we're just kind of stocked up for, uh, for the Super Bowl. So uh, I just kind of like the, the kind of the queso route and um, it's keto technically. So. But it is. So. Um, all right, guys. Uh, what, are the big things? what was that? He's a blanket for both of you. Thank you. I'll, I'll end up blanket for both of you guys. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. Uh, big uh, 
big announcement that happened earlier this week, guys, was that uh, NCAA is bringing back college football. Um, We're going to see EA Sports uh, bring back their rendition of college football for gaming devices. Uh, Did you ever think that this would happen? No. No. Answer, no. Uh, I think the way they're getting around it, though, is they say it was college football. They never said it was they're going to remake the NCAA football game. So we may have the Tiburon Sharks versus the Tiburon Sharks versus the Tiburon Sharks uh, with quarterback number 12. So I mean, either way, as long as uh, EA's making this, it's got to be the exact same game. So I, I'm, I'm hyped for it. So I'm cool with it, however they bring it back. Cody, what do you think about that? Are you uh, fired up for this uh, upcoming college football game that we will see from EA Sports? I, I has, it has potential. I mean, the, the franchise is uh, one from I know when we were growing up, we always enjoyed. I mean, it, it got me excited for college. You, you plug in the game, you turn it on, there's the EA Sports, it's in the game, and then some Florida State co-eds bouncing around dressed up like Pocahontas. I mean, I was no more excited for college than when I would see that and be like, if this is what college is all about, I'm all in. I'm all in. And so, I mean, I, I think I speak for you guys, too, with that, that a video game to play football was, you know, the, the, the grail. It was the, I mean, better than Madden, better than anything else they had. You know, you could do so much with it. And, uh, but I have some reservations like Jordan brought up. I mean, they are calling it college football. It's not called NCAA football. So there could be still some things that the legal teams are working out to be able to satisfy all parties, which uh, just at the end of the day, I think everyone has an opportunity to, to enjoy the game to celebrate probably one of the you know most American and greatest pastimes, you know, Saturdays in the fall. I did see where Joe Burrow, his tweet, which I thought was kind of funny, that his entire life he always wanted to be the cover athlete for NCAA football, and the year after he graduates and is drafted, they announce to bring it back. Yeah, is he the is he the best choice you feel for cover athlete? I mean, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people were saying earlier this year when it was voted on that uh, Justin Fields kind of ran away with that vote. But then again, you know, you have what from 20, really 2015 until now of great athletes that have come through college that you could totally put on there. I think, I think if you look at it, I don't think you go against a guy like Burrow. I think he definitely could be the cover athlete. Um, Just put Saban on there. Nick Saban? Just put Nick Saban on. That's been since the NCAA football well, they do the legal issues. They discontinue the franchise until the present. You know, Nick Saban has been the most dominant force in college football. My opinion on that is traditionally the cover athlete's been the previous year's high or a Heisman winner of some sort. Uh, Barry Sanders was on it. Uh, Reggie Bush with a little asterisk. Um, Tebow. More. Uh, Charles Woodson. Tebow, Charles Woodson, Art. R- R- Three, you got to put Najee Harris on it. I hate to admit it, or not Najee, but uh, Devontae Smith. I hate to admit it. He did win the Heisman. He belongs on the cover. Well, so did Burrow, though. So I mean, you can make Don't the argument for year. you can make an argument for Burrow. I mean, he won a Heisman as well. I mean, and like you mentioned, you talk about Barry Sanders and Desmond Howard, Split guys it. like that, that were years you know later when the games were coming out that you could put on the front of it. So I mean, 
there's no there. I don't, I feel like you could also have a market there for uh, a cover athlete for PlayStation for Xbox. Um, I don't think it's going to be on the switch, but I agree. you do that. You could split it up. I mean, we've seen that before in the past. With Madden's. Yeah. Cause didn't they have a split with Larry Fitzgerald and Tori Palmolive? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, you could do something like that. And then, of course, remember when they did like the 25th anniversary one, Madden 25 had Adrian Peterson on it, but I believe the 25th edition was Brett Favre, the anniversary one. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's also that concept that you could do. So, um, I think I think without it being that way, but then again, is there a legal issue, the reason why they're trying to do it differently so you don't run into that same situation um, with a guy like, you know, Burrow on there? I mean, you know, so we have to think of that as well. They might not even have uh, anything remotely close to what we're used to as a, as a cover um, for these games as well. Could be generic. Okay. Yeah, I believe it when I see it. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. I believe it when I. Uh, so we'll go ahead and uh, we'll move into these uh, kind of more of like the uh, talking Schmidt aspect of this. We know the NFL awards were announced last night. Um, there's been some controversy in it. I mean, obviously, I know there's a lot of people who weren't big on being the MVP, but most people have decided Rodgers was the MVP by week 13. Um, also, Defensive Player of the Year, a little bit of controversy there as Aaron Donald won Defensive Player of the Year. J.J. Watt speaking up, saying that it should have been his brother, T.J. Um, so, a little bit of controversy there. You guys, if you've seen the, the, the list or – I don't know if you've seen every single award. I have it written down, but um, was there anything else that you guys saw? And Jordan, I'll start with you on this one. Maybe on that list that you saw that you were just like, man, this just maybe could have been somebody else. No, to be honest, uh, because if you look at it, I, I understand JJ's mindset on that. It should have been TJ, but at the same time, though, what who had the number one defense in the league? It wasn't the Steelers. Right. It was the Rams. So, at that point, you have number one defense. Of course, he contributed to being that number one defensive player, of course. Uh, Aaron Donald's also been a, a constant or a constant, you know, fixture in the talks with the defensive player of the year for the, what, the last five years because he's won it three times in the last five years. Uh, Derrick Henry winning off as a player of the year, I think, was – Fitting. Most people, most fans are going to disagree with me there. I think it was fitting. If we would have happened to beat the Ravens and he had more than 40 rushing yards in that wild card game, then maybe we could talk, talk a little bit more about the MVP. Um, people are going to argue that Pat Mahomes should have made the MVP or should win MVP. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with Rodgers. I was paying more attention to the Hall of Fame inductions yeah. last night or the Hall of Fame nods last night. Uh, I'm just glad that Peyton Manning got in because I'm as you guys know I'm a big Peyton Manning guy as a foot first ballot we all knew he was going to get in so what it was definitely a close call razor razor thin margin for uh, Peyton Manning oh absolutely I mean I was I was sweating bullets Uh, also a big fan of Calvin Johnson making a first ballot last night too that also was awesome and Charles Woodson Charles Woodson and Peyton came into the league together Uh, Woodson beat out uh, Peyton for the Heisman in 97 and it's only it's only fitting they go into the the, uh, the whole thing together. Last night, all in all, I think it went exactly the way it should have gone. To be honest, 
Yeah, I was I was a big fan of that as well. Cody, you have anything that you look at and see that maybe snub wise uh, on those uh, awards? Well, I think people are upset about Rogers until potentially free agent period comes around. He could be one, and then everyone and everybody is going to want him on their team. And I think in some ways that's what the most valuable player is the one guy that every single franchise feels will make them a better team if they have him. So people who might be saying, no, Rodgers shouldn't want it, might be singing a different tune come spring and early summer when you know, maybe the Packers don't re-sign him. And he's open and he's on the market and he's available. So I think then that really just solidifies this choice of him being the most valuable player when you'll have 31 other franchises really trying to compete to have him on their uh, squad. Jordan's, you know, if Aaron Donald is real solid points. Rams defense, very strong. Aaron Donald's been a very consistent force on that defense and the league in general, as much as I hate to admit that. Uh, so, I mean, I really have no issue with that also. And, like, Jordan's have, you know, the playoffs. You know, postseason's important too. You know, Derrick Henry, I would say in the regular season, was, you know, perhaps the you know, best player overall. But when you let a team especially a big rival like that, holds you only 40 yards, then that's uh, that's rough. And it really kind of hurts your stock a little bit. So, I mean, as far as Hall of Fame, too, I mean, John Lynch getting in, that was, a uh, you know, well-deserved. You know, Tom Flores, you know, the legendary Raiders coach, uh, him getting the nod was very much well-deserved, too. So, um yeah, overall, I think things went the way they were supposed to. Things went the way that makes sense. I don't know if there's really any snubs. I haven't looked at the entire Hall of Fame list because I know there were some guys I felt over the last like you know five six years who have been snubbed in the past that should have been in sooner. You know, but uh, I'll have to look at the list to make sure that those guys didn't get in now. Yeah, Alan Fanica was also one that got on there, big offensive lineman. Uh, so you know, offensive lineman love for Alan Fanica, very talented offensive lineman as well. Uh, making it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I, I was excited. I, I thought Justin Herbert winning Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, was a big deal. Um, you might be able to argue a little bit for Justin Jefferson, but, um, you know, Justin Jefferson being a receiver, going up against a quarterback who, you know, actually really his team was relying on kind of just definitely makes the difference, I, I felt, for Herbert. Defensive Rookie of the Year, you had Chase Young. I thought that was a good one. And then, of course, uh, Comeback Player of the Year, the greatest story um, really that you'll hear for any player, uh, Alex Smith won Comeback Player of the Year, much deserving uh, to him on that. And then Coach of the Year was Kevin Stefanski of the Browns, very deserving there as well because Cleveland has just been crap for so long that to finally make the playoffs and play hard against uh, who could be the eventual Super Bowl champs in the Kansas City Chiefs, I thought that was a big thing for – for that program as well. So Kevin Stefanski in his first season winning coach of the year, it's saying a lot for that program. Um, but yeah, so the awards, I agree with you guys. Uh, and Russell Wilson won the Walter Payton man of the year. I don't know if there's a, you know, if you, if you get a chance to kind of watch uh, Russell Wilson as a, you know, a human being outside of him playing the game I and mean, he's a talented athlete nonetheless, but outside of playing the game, Russell Wilson is probably one of the better uh, human beings that you'll see. Um, doing stuff for uh, really everybody in his community and um, 
just anybody he can truly help, whether it's team or not team. So I thought that was a cool moment as well for him. So congrats to those guys on winning those major awards. Uh, big game, obviously, tonight, the Super Bowl. We have a lot of uh, a lot of people. I, I feel like it's pretty split um, with what people are thinking. In my mindset, it's been the fact of, you know, if, uh, if Patrick Mahomes and company get off to a fast start, I don't know if the Buccaneers can rally back. And in other words, if they don't get in there, you're letting a guy like Tom Brady hang around and, and throw all over you. Uh, will that secondary be able to match up to that? So, Jordan, I'll start with you here. Super Bowl predictions, what you think is going to happen, um, how you feel, uh, you know, what the key is for either team today to win a Super Bowl. I actually had this conversation with Eric at Sunner's Ferry Pizza, uh, on the administration at Sunner's Ferry Pizza on Thursday. Cause, you know, we all know that's my favorite spot to go on Thursdays. Correct. I enjoy their great $10 $10 pizza and drink deal. Uh, he asked me the same question, and I'm going to give you the same answer I gave him because I've been thinking about it for a few days. I just truly cannot find a better answer. It's going to be which, which defense steps up, straight up. Uh, first time they played they play already this season, and Kansas City kind of threw all over, or Tyree Kill, rather, caught all over Tampa Bay's defense. Um, if Tampa Bay, if, you know, Vitavea and uh, – JP2 and uh, Dominic Sue can get pressure up on like great offensive line of Kansas City. That's going to cause some problems for Mahomes. It's going to be it's hard to complete passes when you're laying on your back. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, his over under rushing yards today was 30 and a half. Of course, I took the over on that one. Um, if he can get going, it could be a totally different game. Uh, if Levante David can kind of corral him, it's going to force Pat to do his thing. And that's the double-edged sword. What's going to happen? Uh, I think truly it's going to come with the the top of the defense, the safeties in the corner action, and it's going to come with that front four uh, to really make a difference. And on the flip side, Kansas City, if they can corral and force Tom to continuously make throws, Tom is probably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, however, you give somebody too many opportunities, they're going to make a mistake. So I can't pick a true winner. It's just we're going to. I think we're going to figure out the end of the third quarter really who's going to win. I think it's going to be closer than what we all believe it will be. Um, I can't cut myself. I bet on this game. I I bet on both teams to be honest. So I really don't have a true definite winner. <laughs> Cody, what do you think about this game, man? What What's your idea here for? Um... What do you think is going to happen and, and how you feel this game turns out? Well, listening to uh, obviously a lot of prognostication, a lot of guys talking about this game leading up to it. The Super Bowl is probably the most hyped event, most talked about sporting outing every year. It has that week break, so you have almost two weeks to really discuss what's going to happen. And you know, Jordan's points to the defenses, I think that is really going to be key. Uh, can you know, Tampa Bay you know, get consistent pressure on Mahomes? And will that consistent pressure matter? Because uh, I watched last year my 49ers, probably one of the best pass-rushing squads in the last decade from just the, the front four, get pretty decent pressure on Pat Mahomes, almost you know, seal the deal, and then he goes to a different level. He goes out there, he figures out a new way to play, he moves around, 
is a really sharp guy. So you, you with the Chiefs, you can't let them get back into it. There is no comfortable margin with Kansas City. So that Tampa Bay defense has to bring it all night long. They can't let off. They can't you know, let it go. And uh, the Buccaneers are going to have to score. You know, Brady's going to have to move the ball. He's going to have to put points on the board. And I think that's really the only way you can beat Kansas City is to just keep them from ever getting back into the game. I mean, because we, we've seen just the last couple of years, we've seen teams take you know four touchdown leads on them, and Kansas City's able to rally back. And uh, they're just they're really really good at you know not being totally out of a game. And Pat Mahomes doesn't get shaken. You know, there's a lot of young quarterbacks that when that happens to them, they freeze up, they lock up. There's some older, more experienced veteran quarterbacks that will just lock up and not be able to, you know, get their get their head back into the game. So I think one of the difference makers for Kansas City will be you know, Eric Fisher, uh, some of the offensive line being a little banged up. That's going to be a disadvantage for them against a Tampa Bay defense that's played, you know, extremely well, played very well in the championship game. So I, I'm just going to go ahead. Uh, I'll be. I'll try to be a little more conclusory. I'm going to say Ryan Suckup. He hits the game winner. It's going to be 31-28 Tampa. Wow. Um, Eric Fisher is out. He did tear his Achilles, so he is he is out. So that's an All-Pro offensive lineman on the side that J, uh, JP two or uh, Jason Pierre-Paul would be rushing on. So um, probably not a probably not the best idea for Mahomes coming to this game. But again, there's you know. A line's not made up of just one guy. There's five guys up there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the big news for me was the fact that Jordan Whitehead and Antoine Winfield Jr. are both going to be able to play today. Uh, Winfield Jr. missed the NFC Championship game. Whitehead left the NFC Championship game after a hit on Jamal Williams. Um, both those guys are back. I feel like they're a huge force in that secondary. Um, it will come down to the fact of who can guard Travis Kelsey for Patrick Mahomes, I feel. Uh, if, if you can take him away, a guy like Bush, one of those linebackers, can stay on him. That's probably not going to be a great thing for Mahomes. But then again, how many weapons does Patrick Mahomes have? Um, so that's going to be a big, a big portion in this one as well. Uh, I went against the, I went against the Chiefs last year. I, I just didn't think that it was going to happen with that defense the way it was. And then Patrick Mahomes just played excellent. The last time a Brady Mahomes matchup happened that uh, I was able to witness was an AFC Championship game. I was there covering it. It was just phenomenal to see the two of them. And uh, you know, Tom took Patrick aside after the game and, and gave him some words of wisdom after they uh, Chiefs lost that AFC championship game. So um, I know it's two guys that have great respect for each other. We're definitely seeing the the past and and I guess now technically the present and you can consider Mahomes the future really of this organization of the whole entire league really um, on the stage tonight. So I think Guffey's right on the fact that I don't know if we're really going to know a winner until really going into the fourth quarter. And then even then, um, you can't really count Tom Brady out if he's down in the fourth quarter. You can't count Patrick Mahomes down at any point if he's or, you know in a game down at any point. So I just, I, I'm kind of at a loss for it as well. Um, it would be crazy to think that Tom Brady could win his seventh Super Bowl. Um, it's also crazy to think that Patrick Mahomes could win his second and only his third year as a starter. So, I mean, it, it's a crazy, like, just mindset right now that players could have. And then the fact that the Chiefs could go back-to-back, -back, Mahomes could be the first quarterback, uh, was it since – is it since Elway or is it since Brady that's going back-to-back? 
I think it's since Brady. Yeah. I think it's so, since, yeah. It's in the early 2000s time. So, frame. and the thing, the thing right. is to touch on that as well. I mean, yeah, I think it was the Rams Eagles. Yeah. So, yeah I'm not a historian. Yeah. <laughs> to, add, to add on to the kind of the, the docket here that we've been kind of touching on for all of those who are trying to keep up. It's we're calling the defense. Uh, if you ask me at the beginning of the season with Tampa Bay going in, I think they're like 0-4. Uh, after that Kansas City loss, if they were going to come back and their defense would be able to do what they did specifically against the the now undisputed MVP, uh, Aaron Rodgers, they shut him down without Whitehead for the majority of the game and without Winfield Jr. Uh, and they just kind of made Aaron Rodgers' life you know, a living nightmare essentially with that front, with that front seven. Um, and that's tough to do. That's really tough to do against that Packers offense. However, again, with the Chiefs, they play, I think they play board a lot. So, and they just try to go see how far they can get down to, to catch back up because they know they can at any point. Keys of the game, I think, are going to be, in my opinion, the keys of the game are going to be the Tampa Bay defense. Can they corral, uh, corral that circus of an offense for Kansas City and can Kansas City break the mold of getting bored with winning games and getting down to come back because like you said it's you can't count either quarterback out no matter what the score is. Ask Atlanta. Well uh, I I think summarize for all the good people, all the Schmidt heads, the past, the present and the future will all be on the field today and it will be tense. Dang. That was We need a 35-28 Kansas City win, by the way. 35-28 Kansas City win is what Guffy's going with here. Uh Cody that's, making, that's what we're Cody making the ultimate dad joke. Um final question for you guys here. Cody, we'll start with you. Just uh thinking back to all the Super Bowls that you've watched, what has been your favorite Super Bowl moment uh that you can remember? And not Janet I'll Jackson. Revealing her boob on national television. That, can that we say was, that on the radio? Can we say boob? Uh, we can because it's a podcast. Got it. Perfect. You know, I, I honestly have in my lifetime more Super Bowl letdowns than I do Super Bowl, you know, moments of bliss. And taking away the Janet Jackson just further, you know, ruins it for me. Uh, but we we're in the era of Brady. This guy, just regardless of what happens tonight, 18% of all Super Bowls played, he's been a starter in them. Uh, of, you know, since he's been in the league, 48% of the Super Bowls played, he's been a, he's been a one of the starting quarterbacks. So that's just insane. You know, I think just uh, being, you know, fans of the NFL, being fans of football, we're witnessing perhaps the, you know, most historic player that we may ever have in this league. And so that, that's been exciting. You know, regardless of what happens in the future, just being able to, you know, witness what he's been able to do and the history he's made. So I think a lot of us would never believe that a player could do that and to be able to prove that, hey, I can do this to my own too. That wasn't necessarily just Bill's system in New England. It's me too. I can make it work. And so that, that to me is pretty exciting. Guffy, what about you, man? Greatest Super Bowl moment that you can remember witnessing? Greatest Super Bowl moment. Uh, 
two I mean there's a couple and I'm not gonna you know be a homer with with any of these uh the one that sticks in my mind of course is the one yard short in 99 uh when Tennessee the only time we've ever made it that far we did lose uh, after what is a very controversial miracle that we had the week before or uh, against Buffalo um I can look back at the Prince performance at halftime it's probably one of the best performances I think we'd ever seen uh to be honest RIP Prince um some of the best plays, I mean, I, I look at Super Bowl moments as far as plays, and the, another one that sticks out in my head is the San Antonio Holmes touchdown catch where they still do sports science about where there was almost like a .08% chance that he was going to get his feet in balance and he caught it to win the game against with Steelers against Arizona. Uh, the 99 for the 100-yard interception return uh, by James Harrison. Uh, mm-hmm. If I had to pin it down, the number one moment for me would probably be that San Antonio Holmes touchdown catch to ice that game. Uh, I think it was it 2010, something like that. Yeah, 2010 would have been Green Bay. Yeah. Um, it was the year before. Nine would have been Colts. Colts winning nine mm. with yeah. Peyton. Oh, eight. Yeah, it was a wait. Yeah, because Green Bay would have won. Uh, Green Bay would have won in 2010. Yeah, so the Peyton won one. his first one in 09. But the game was played in 2009. There yes. you go. So that's that's what that one is. Um, yeah, I guess for me, uh, I was thinking back as well. I was thinking about, you know, the Saints onside kick to beat the Colts, you know, and that wasn't to beat them. But, you know, coming out after halftime kicking the onside kick, uh, Colts weren't really expecting it when the Saints went on to win that Super Bowl. That was a pretty uh, ballsy moment, if you will. Uh, by all by all that were watching that game, but you know, I just think about it. And Guff, you kind of mentioned it not too long ago. Was just the the twenty eight three letdown by Atlanta and just letting Tom Brady pick them apart. Julian Edelman's uh, amazing one handed catch on the ground to keep a drive alive, to keep Super Bowl you know history from happening. And then of course, you know, James White punching that in and and OT to win it. And so. Um, I think about that game probably more than really any game, just the the way that Tom Brady, you know, went down the field and the Patriots really never gave up in it. And they were just like, we're going to win this game. So I think that was probably a moment that will always kind of stick out to me. One that I'll always hate for the rest of my life is uh, John Elway flipping into the end zone as he gets smacked by, uh, I can't remember who the Packers defender was, but John Elway going airborne and then flipped 360 and still somehow falls into the end zone. Uh, when the Broncos beat Green Bay, kept them from going back-to-back with Favre at quarterback. But, um, yeah, guys, it's, uh, this has been a, it's been a fun show. We've been able to kind of bring two worlds together of, of what the Schmidt and, and talking Schmidt and um, big game. This this episode's going to be up literally t- uh, today. We're not going to take any break because, obviously, it would be all null and void at this point tomorrow. But um, any final thoughts, Jordan? going into tonight and into the rest of this week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, prepare for a lot of changes coming in the NFL since we're kind of staying on the sports topic. We do have, I believe, a lot of firsts tonight specifically. We have the first female officiate uh, for a Super Bowl, or official for a Super Bowl. I believe both teams have uh, multiple female coaches. So this is the first time a female coach will also, I believe, coach in the Super Bowl. Um it's the first time a home team has hosted the Super Bowl with Bay. Um, 
And in all-season news, I know we're going to get to it probably more next week, uh, just the rumors. Sean Watson wants out of Houston. Carson Wentz is potentially being traded to the Bears. They reached a deal and agreed last night. Uh, just be good humans, aside from whatever happens today. Just be a good human. Cody, what do you got? Any final thoughts here? Yo, um, I feel like I should say this, but if uh, you know, drink responsibly, there's Uber, there's Lyft, you have friends. Uh, you know, stay off the roads if you've you know, been enjoying yourself a little too much. So, I, mean, I feel that's just wise decision making at any point in time, but especially like on the Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, don't don't be like Chad Wheeler and uh, you know get after your your significant others, your girlfriends, because your team's losing. So that's that's my sole advice right there. All right, well, guys, it's been an awesome uh, awesome you show. Have have you guys can call us. Yeah. Exactly. Call call Jordan and he'll charge you double. Give us a call, guys. You guys need a ride. Because it's an hour drive for me to get to Clarksville, or I'll probably be in Nashville. If it's if it's over an hour, you're getting double charged. But I mean, it's be more. It's cheaper than a DUI. Ask Cody; he's a lawyer. That's right. Don't 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 get a DUI. <laughs> Try don't to don't get a DUI on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be my uh, my material. That's a stellar, uh, I think. Stellar. <laughs> but if you do get a UI, see me. Hey, buddy. All right, guys, don't forget you can subscribe to the channel. Call me. You can subscribe to the channel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that way you always get the uh, fresh update whenever we drop a new episode. You'll get it whenever it's Talking Schmidt, What the Schmidt, or Coach's Show. You get all that information. It'll be it'll let you know as soon as we drop it. Um, so you get that uh, to your phone or your smart device or wherever you watch slash listen to podcast at. Uh, again, it's been another great week for Jordan McGuffey and Cody Schmidt. I am Ethan Schmidt. This has been the crossover brand of What's Schmidt and Talking Schmidt. We'll talk to you guys again next week.